NBC delays the start of this program to bring you a special news bulletin. Early returns from the important Democratic presidential primary in Florida give Senator Richard Russell a slim lead over Senator Kefauver. The figures, Russell, 5,666, Kefauver, 4,830. That's with only 5% of the vote counted. Stay tuned to your NBC station for the later news. The Pet Milk Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. The first evaporated milk, Pet Milk, presents Fibber McGee and Molly with Bill Thompson, Arthur Q. Bryan, Gil Stratton Jr., Gloria McMillan, and me, Harlow Wilcox. The show is written by Phil Leslie and Keith Fowler and directed by Max Hutto, with music by the King's Men and Billy Mills Orchestra. Last Sunday was a big day in the life of Charles and Ethel Collins of New York. For the famous Collins quadruplets were three years old that day. And what a happy birthday. There they all were, just as happy and vigorous as any three-year-olds you ever saw. The very same youngsters who, at birth, were so tiny and delicate, everyone wondered whether they would live at all. It would do your heart good to see the difference those three years have made. To see how the Collins babies have grown and thrived on their feedings of pet evaporated milk. Almost from the day of their birth, they've had the nutritional benefits of safe, easy-to-digest pet milk. And their steady growth, their strong, straight limbs and sound teeth are evidence that they could have had no better milk. We who are associated with Pet Milk Company are very glad and proud to have had some part in the happy birthday of the Collins Quadruplets. <laughs> Today is a perfect day for a picnic out at Dugan's Lake. The white clouds are drifting, the green trees are rustling, the blue waters are gleaming, and the black ants are waiting for Fibber McGee and Molly. Well, I think the lunch is about ready to pack now, dearie. Good. Let's see. The deviled eggs, angel food cake, peanut butter sandwiches. Don't forget the coffee, kiddo. Nothing like a big mug full of hot coffee to wash down a sandwich. And speaking of a big mug full of hot coffee, is Doc Gamble going with us? <laughs> well, he hopes to, yes. Well, then you better make three extra sandwiches. I made them. I ate them. I saw you. Oh. <laughs> so I made them again. Oh, good. Now, you leave the lunch alone, lover. There'll be seven of us on this picnic. Okay, so... I'll finish packing my own stuff here. Now, let me see. I got my ball and glove so we can play a little baseball. My boy scout axe, in case we get lost in the woods. Lost? If you got lost, what would you do with a boy scout axe? Why, <laughs> I just axe a boy scout which way the lake is. Who <laughs> <laughs> is don't you get it, Molly? Scout axe, axe a scout. Ain't funny, McGee. Okay, I'll leave it alone. <laughs> I got a few books here in case I get tired exercising. Books? Mm-hmm. What are you taking, the care and feeding of Charlie horses? Because <laughs> when you play ball, no, I'm you just, know. just taking a few old favorites. I'm taking the Rover Boys and Alcatraz. <laughs> Tom Swift and his radium pants buttons. <laughs> the Bobsy Twins meet Frankenstein. And a book I started reading when I was a kid and never finished. Always wondered how it came out. What's the name of it? Goldilocks. 
Oh, she escaped from the three bears. Oh, Dad ratted. Now you spoiled it for me. <laughs> well, I got funny without it. I'm taking my pitch pipe, too, so as we can get together and harmonize. Oh, that'll be nice. That'll be mighty nice. Yes, I remember one of our last picnics when we all sat beside the lake and sang the old song. Yeah, all but your Uncle Dennis. Well, we found coming through the rye, he was going through the bourbon. <laughs> Poor Uncle Dennis, he was feeling sort of low that day. Yeah, not when we got back home, he wasn't. He was now, now, McGee, you stop picking on Uncle Dennis. Well, have you seen my swimming trunks around anywhere? I may try for a new speed record out there today. Speed? Yeah. yeah. Well, McGee, let's face the fact, you're not a very fast swimmer. Oh, no, it might interest you to learn, my dear, but I was a sensation last week in the pool at the Elks Club. Really? Yes, that's going so fast, I swam right out of my unit, <laughs> I was really having a Come in. Well, good morning, Dr. Gamble. Good morning, my dear. How are you, feeble face? <laughs> Raring to go, Jiggle Middle. <laughs> you going to be with us or do we get a break? I'll be with you both as a friend and physician. Fine. Ready to pluck your carcass when you throw into a bramble bush or to empty you neatly when you try to swallow Dugan's Lake. <laughs> <laughs> How soon do we leave, Molly? Oh, in about an hour. Young Ed from the drugstore and Debbie Lynn are going with us. Yeah, and Harlow Wilcox and Wallace Mitchell. Oh, fine. I'll have time for one last call I have to make. There was an addition to the Carr family last night. George Gamble officiating. And I promised to drop by this morning. My gosh. Mrs. Carr have another one? Yep. There's now a train of 15 little cars. (laughs) (laughs) And I feel sure this wasn't the caboose. She must have worn her fingers to the bone for those children just counting them. Yeah. Must be tough to keep track of them. How do they know when they're, when they're all at home? Well, they worked out a very simple system. When it's time for school to let out, they open the front door. And when the house is full of children, they close and lock it. Pretty shrewd. Well, the other women in the neighborhood take advantage of them. Is that so? Yes, they encourage their kids to sneak in with a little car. Oh. <laughs> and they go over and claim them after they've been fed and bathed. <laughs> Does Mr. Carr still like the proud father? Well, he's getting used to it. Yeah, I imagine he At first, he handed out cigars every time a child was born. Mm -hmm. Now he just keeps a barrel of tobacco on the front porch, and his friends come by and roll their own. (laughs) Well, Doctor, what is the new baby, a boy or girl? Oh, it's a husky nine-pound boy. Should turn out to be a great man if he lives up to his name. What did they call him? Well, there was quite an argument about it. Mr. Carr is a Republican, and his wife is a Democrat. Mm -hmm. So they finally compromised. Compromised? Yes, they named the baby Eisenforfer. <laughs> Wait for me, I'll hurry back. Okay. Come on now. Well, in the meantime, i got to find my swimming trunks. I've looked everywhere for those trunks. That... Oh, I know where they are. Where? They're right here in the hall closet. No, McGee, no, not the hall closet. <laughs> Gotta straighten out that closet one of these days. (laughs) Billy Mills in the orchestra and the Blacksmith Blues.
we could get going. What's holding everybody up? Now, don't be impatient, dearie. We told them what time to be here, and it's only quarter of. Seems more like half past. I think I'll call the weather bureau and see if it's clear out at Dugan's Lake. It should be. It's a beautiful day. Well, never hurts to make sure. <laughs> Hello? I want to speak to the weather bureau. Oh, is that you, Mert? Oh, dear. How's every little thing, Mert? Down, boy, down. <laughs> what say, Mert? Your kid brother. Broken back, eh? Oh, the poor lad. What happened? Started a hitchhike to California yesterday with a buck in his pocket. <laughs> Mert says he's broken back already. <laughs> well, thank you, Myrtle. Goodbye. Flying busy as usual? Yep. What this town needs is thicker telephone wires so there'd be room for two calls at a time. If I had my way, I'd get the telephone. Uh-oh, here's somebody. Come in. Hello, Mr. Wimple. Oh, hi, Wimp. Hello, folks. <laughs> I'm raring to go. Which way is the picnic? Well, we leave... We leave as soon as the others get here, Mr. Wimple. You're by yourself, are you? Yes. I just came from the railroad station, Mrs. McGee. I just put her on the train to her mother's. Her? You mean... Yes. Sweetie face, my big old wife. Will you miss her, uh, Mr. Wimple? Will I miss her? <laughs> I, I miss her like a, well... <laughs> like a hole in the head? No, thanks. I already have one, Mr. McGee. <laughs> oh, I'm really on the town today. <laughs> I'm really living it up. <laughs> well, we should have a nice afternoon, Mr. Wimple. What have you got under your arm there? You didn't bring your lunch. Because no, I... this is my bird book, Mrs. McGee. Oh. <laughs> I want to spend the afternoon out there catching up on my bird watching. I'd love to see a purple bunting out there today. A purple bunting? Yes. I'd like to give it a call and see if it would answer me. Oh? The last time I tried it, I was a complete failure. Oh. <laughs> the bird wouldn't talk, eh? No, it was very embarrassing. Mm -hmm. I crept up close to a purple bunting and went, Tweedle, tweedle, tweedle. <laughs> but it didn't answer me. I tried again. Tweedle, tweedle, tweedle. <laughs> Still, nothing happened. Ever find out what was wrong? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was so silly. <laughs> the call of the purple bunting is actually Tweedle Tweedle Tweedle. <laughs> I tweedled when I should have tweedled. <laughs> pretty careless, boy, but if I was you, Wimp, I wouldn't get too wrapped up in birds. Don't forget the story of what happened to a couple of early Americans in the Plymouth Rock days. They even started a proverb. I don't believe I know the story. Okay, I'll tell it to you. It was around Thanksgiving, see, and this fellow and his wife were outside their log cabin. She was stuffing a big turkey, had both arms in it up to her elbows, and he was picking cranberries off the bush. Then up came a bad Indian with a tomahawk, ready to scalp him. My, what's the sense? <laughs> well, the wife could do nothing to protect herself on account of she had both hands stuck in the turkey, you see. But the fellow reached around under the cranberry bush, found a rock, slung it at the Indian, and knocked him cold. And that's 
that of the proverb? Yep. A hand in the bush is worth two in the birch. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? You think so? Frankly, no. I nearly said that before. Hello, Molly. Hi, pal. Hello, Mr. Wilcox. Oh, hi, Junior. Hello, hello. Oh, hi, Wallace. <laughs> I didn't see you at first. Hey, how soon do we leave for Dugan's Lake? Well, just as soon as little Debbie Lynn and young Ed Tatum show up. Yeah, and good old Doc Gamble. Boy, I can't wait to get out there. Baseball, swimming, canoeing. What a day we're going to have. Uh, by the way, pal, are you taking some coffee? Two thermos jugs of it. And some pet milk? Half a dozen cans. Ah, oh, what a day we're going to have. Junior, I realize life don't mean much to you unless it's got pet milk poured on it, but try <laughs> to share our simple pleasures, too, eh, boy? <laughs> Maybe we'll get up a ball game out there. Wouldn't you like to hit a home run? No, pal. You hit the home run. I'll just sit there and think about it. Think about a home run? Yes, a home run properly with plenty of pet milk on hand for coffee. Oh, oh what a difference it makes in the taste of your coffee when you add the richness of pet evaporated milk. Oh, Pets to give it that creamy color. Pets to give it that extra deliciousness. I'll smack the first pitch for at least a two-bagger. Uh, speaking of a two-bagger, pal, I've never known a man who didn't prefer his coffee with pet milk. They all appreciate that mellow, satisfying flavor that pet milk gives a steaming cup of coffee. What's that got to do with the two-bagger? Well, when a man's wife serves him coffee with pet milk, he won't stop with one cup. He'll bag her for two. <laughs> Wilcox, you're out of the game. <laughs> so am I, Harlow. I'm going into the woods with my big book. Nature study, eh, Wallace? Yes. Well, when you go into the woods, I'll fix you a container of coffee with pet milk to take along. Oh, you're very thoughtful. And I'll fix another container of coffee without pet. Coffee without pet? What's that for? <laughs> That's for the birds. <laughs> Come on, sit down and rest, Mr. Wilcox. You must be exhausted. Yes, sir. He's worn to a frazzle. Come in. Hello, everybody. Here we are. All set for the picnic. It's Debbie and Ed. Come in, children. Hi, kids. Hello. How are you? Now all we need is Doc Gamble. And you've got him. Oh, I drove the kids over here in my car. Hi, fellas. Hi, Doc. Hello, Ducky. Well, come on. What are we waiting for, McGee? I thought we were going on a picnic. Right. Let's get out to the lake. Okay, you guys. Grab this stuff and let's pack it in the car. I'll take the lunch hamper. I'll take the thermos jug. I'll take the folding chairs. I'll take the napkins. Hey, that doesn't leave anything for me. What'll I take? You just take a good tight hold on Debbie's hand. One of us handsome gents might steal her from you. Well, come on, come on. Let's get the cars back there. Okay. Uh, I ought to be helping with something. Oh, here. relax. Between those lads, they have 40 thumbs working on that job now, Ed. Well, how are things with you children? You getting any closer to the wedding bells? Well, you know, we set a quota for ourselves, Mrs. McGee. We decided that when we had $1,000 saved, we'd do it. I remember it. We're getting closer to our quota every day. Saving money fast, are you? No, we just cut down our quota every day. <laughs> we decided now we'll settle for a hundred in the bank. Well, good. How much more do you need? How much is nine dollars and eighty cents from a hundred? <laughs> oh dear. Well, I could give you the answer, but you wouldn't like it. Oh gee, I get pretty discouraged working at Kramer sometimes, Mrs. McGee. Gosh, for twelve hours a day, you work your brains out, and what have you got? No brains. <laughs> Oh, now, don't be self-conscious, Ed. Well, Mr. McGee and I got married. Oh, excuse me. 79 Whistle Vista, Molly McGee speaking. Dr. Gamble? He's outside right now, but... Oh, the hospital. Yes, yes, I'll tell him right away. 
Oh, dear. In trouble? They want Dr. Gamble to... Well, I better go tell him. Dr. Gamble, the hospital just called. Oh, no. Oh, what do they want? They said tell you it's an emergency, doctor. Well, it always The is. nurse said just to tell you it's Mr. Wellington's wart. <laughs> wart? And that's an emergency? It is in this case, son. Wellington is the richest old grouch in the county. Huh? If I can get that wart off his chin, I can get a new wing for the hospital. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry, kids. No picnic for me today. Oh, oh, well, being a doctor was my own idea. Yeah. I wouldn't listen to my mother. She wanted me to be a ballet dancer. <laughs> with us, Doctor. Oh, come on, come on. Get that crate out of the driveway, wart snatcher. We're trying to go to a picnic here. Now, that's fun, kid. Bring him in tomorrow, Molly. I'll treat his poison ivy free. Okay. Well, I guess we'll all have to go in our car. We're uh, piling everybody. Come on, we're off to Dugan's Lake. We've got all... Oh, just look at that lake, Debbie. Isn't it beautiful? Terrific. Yeah, this is a spot, kid. Boy, what a day. Oh, oh boy. Yeah. I'm going right over there and climb that big tree with the acorns on it. That elm tree. That's oak, Wimp. It's oak with me, too. <laughs> Ain't funny, McGee. I didn't say it. I said it, Mrs. McGee. I didn't cut him that time, and boy, I'm Well, going... come on, come on. Let's get out the water and everybody grab a canoe. Well, shouldn't we unpack the car first? Oh, there's plenty of time for that. Ah, just taste that air. That is what, Harlow? Oh. <laughs> oh, that's cute, Mr. Wimple. Oh, yes, isn't he a card? Oh, I've got a million of them. <laughs> Don't encourage him, Debbie. Come on. Here, Molly, how's this canoe for us? Looks good because... Hey, look at those four kids out there in the canoe. Don't they look like... Why, I believe it is, McGee. Who? I don't know. Oh. <laughs> well, give them a yell.
My, isn't it lovely out here in the canoe, McGee? Yeah. Swell day for a picnic, too. Sure wish old Doc could have come. Yeah. It's a shame he got called at the last minute. This is fun, though. Remember the first time we ever went out in a canoe together, huh? Oh, sure I do. On the Illinois River. There was a full moon. Well, bless your heart. You do remember, don't you? I'll never forget it. We were sitting in the back of the canoe, and I had one arm around your shoulders. You were fresh. With the other hand, I sneaked a fish line over the side of the canoe and snagged myself a 12-pound gar. <laughs> when I drug that fish into the canoe, you like to leapt into the river. Ah, <laughs> oh, what a sweet romantic memory. Yeah. The reason I remember it so vividly, is, so vividly is because that was a county record that year for the largest gar caught from a canoe by a guy with one hand. Hey, Mr. And... McGee, we've been clear around the lake. Yeah, good. Are you having fun, Mrs. McGee? Oh, yes, dear. We were just reminiscing. Yeah, I was just thinking I wish Doc Gamble could have come with us, Ed. Oh, he's great. Yeah. We're having a swell time, though. It's kind of fun handling a canoe. You know something, Ed? I stole my first kiss from Molly in a canoe. You did? Mm-hmm. Boy, a guy can sure get awful wet that way. <laughs> Yes, and this guy certainly did. No, I'll never forget it, Tootsie. It was the 10th day of July, 1918, at 8.30 p.m. on the Illinois River. Say, that's right. Isn't that wonderful? Oh, gee, Ed, I hope you can remember important things like that when you're as old as Mr. McGee. I'll write them down. Ah, <laughs> oh, boy, it was a beautiful moonlight night. We were drifting along in a canoe, past the brewery. <laughs> I remember it was exactly 8.30 because the brewery whistle blew for the swing shift and scared the daylights out of Molly. <laughs> oh, now, McGee. She kind of clutched at me for a minute, and I seen my chance, so I leaned over and stole a kiss. <laughs> Were you excited, Mr. McGee? Excited? Boy, I thought my head had blew up. <laughs> Colored lights flashed in my eyes, pinwheels and skyrockets went off. Wow. <laughs> pinwheels and skyrockets. In your head, huh? No, in the canoe. We had half a boat full of fireworks from the week before, and I dropped a cube cigarette into them. <laughs> Sounds like a fiery romance, all right. <laughs> well, he'd always thought of himself as being hotter than a firecracker, and he proved it. Hey, did you kids see the other guys anyplace? They out on the lake? No, Mr. Wilcox is down there by the picnic tables with a pocket knife. He was carving on a big tree for about an hour. Cutting his initials, huh? Yes, sir. After he got through, we went over to see what he carved. It was a great big heart. Yeah, no kidding. What did it say in it? It said, Harlow loves pet, whoever she is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I guess we shouldn't have looked. Maybe he wants to keep it a secret. <laughs> if that's a secret, we're all dead. <laughs> yeah, well, don't worry about that, boy. It's fairly common knowledge. Well, hand me the paddle, Debbie. I'll breeze us around the lake again, hon. All right, Ed. We'll see you up at the picnic table, huh? Okay. No sir. hurry, dear. Aren't they cute, McGee? Look at them. Yeah. I sure wish old Doc was here. Ah, this is just wonderful, dearie. We should do this more often. Picnics are so much fun. Yeah, there's only one thing missing. This picnic would be just perfect. If good old Doc was here. Well, personally, I don't miss him that much, Terry. Dr. Gamble is very nice, but I don't need him out here. Now, the lake is just like glass, isn't it? Yeah. I'd like to just stay out here forever, you know that? Yeah. Wish old Doc was here, though. (laughs) You know something? You know what I wish, sweetheart? What? I wish we could go all the way back to that first kiss on the Illinois River and live it all over again the same way. (laughs) Well, that's a nice thing to say, Molly. I'd like that, too. Good. And you know what else I wish? What, dear? I wish good old Doc was here. <laughs> oh, 
Doc, Doc, Doc. Is huh? that all you can think about, good old Doc? What do you want Dr. Gamble here for? Because I packed the lunch in his car. <laughs> return in a moment. This seems to be the week for celebrating some very special birthdays. Last Sunday was the third birthday of the Collins Quadruplets of New York. And this coming Friday, the Casper Quadruplets of Passaic, New Jersey, will be 16. To look at them now, it's hard to believe that these sturdy, robust teenagers were so tiny and delicate at birth, no one was sure that all four could possibly survive. But a wise doctor knew that pet evaporated milk has what it takes to help even the most delicate babies grow strong and sturdy. And the Casper children were given pet milk just a few days after birth. And during the 16 years since then, they have continued to thrive on this favored form of milk. If you have a baby, ask your doctor about his formula for using pet evaporated milk. And give your child the nutritional benefits of safe, easy-to-digest pet milk through all his growing years. I can scratch up some supper, dearie. Okay. Did you get the hospital? Ring them again. Oh, they finally answered. Said Doc Gamble just left a few minutes ago. Is he coming over here? Where'd he go? Picnic. What? Said he took five nurses and headed for Dugan's Lake. <laughs> Moonlight picnic. Said Doc's furnishing the lunch. Uh-oh. Yeah. Good night. <laughs> Good night, all. The first evaporated milk, pet milk, brings you Fibber McGee and Molly each week at this time. Be with us again next Tuesday night, won't you? Even a mother who thinks she's a very good mother might be surprised to learn what her children think about her. That's what happens to Sally Carter in the dramatic Mother's Day story on Pet Milk's Mary Lee Taylor program next Saturday morning. Don't miss this revealing true-to-life story. And don't miss Mary Lee Taylor's recipe of the week for corned beef and cabbage. One of those easy one-dish dinners that husbands from coast to coast say is tops. Remember, Pet Milk's double-feature Mary Lee Taylor program comes to you next Saturday morning over NBC. Next, it's Eddie Cantor's show business show on NBC. Mm-hmm.